Am I correct in assuming that most wedding creatives in America should be setting right. their business up as an LLC? It's a no-brainer. I can't imagine the rationalization of why you'd want to be a sole proprietor. You're opening yourself up to a lot of unnecessary risks. An LLC is essentially created for ease of setup. What gets very confusing is an LLC is flexible on the tax side. As an LLC, yeah, you can elect to be a sole proprietor, partnership, or an S-corporation. So it's, it's super flexible. I'm right my uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I move too fast? Uh, I'ma zip zip right past. Uh, trip trip all on my swag. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared, and we have another amazing episode for you today. Um, I am joined again by Mr. Jason McCutcheon. Yeah. And today, um, yeah, like I said, we have an awesome guest. Uh, do you want to introduce our guest today, Jay? Yeah. So, so I saw this. Um, post the other day in a Facebook group and it was just somebody who was like, Hey, I'm a CPA, but also a wedding filmmaker. And I thought I would do something. And I honestly like have been trying to find a CPA for a while. And so I was like, Hey, come on the show. So we have Everin Barbary today from camera dad CPA. He's a filmmaker and he's a CPA. So I think like, that's a really, really, really cool combo. Um, something that I'm really excited about. But before we get into that, do you want to talk a little gear really quick? Because you've got something that you're really excited about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you run a production studio, <laughs> you get packages. And a lot it's of times... It's the simple things, too. A lot of times, you yeah, you, you forget what you order. Um, and, and so today was one of those days. And uh, I ordered this probably like two weeks ago. Thanks, B&H. Two weeks uh, turnaround. Two-week turnaround. Um, All the, it's only three hours away. It took them two weeks yeah. to drive three hours. So um, we maybe like other wedding videographers uh, run a couple different businesses under the same roof. And one of them is a photo booth, which is uh, a, a complete nightmare and terror every time we send it out because it's the hardest so thing easy. in the world it's to do. It's so turnkey. Oh yeah. You just, you know, turn it on and it goes, uh, not necessarily, but uh, I got a couple new things in because we just turned on our photo booth and it's like literally flashing lights and like warning me and all these things. So I've been trying to calm that thing down and uh, we actually got a new photo booth. So just trying to get everything settled. It's been a nightmare. Um, but I finally got a dedicated tool called <laughs> essentially a fancy box cutter for just cutting paper, um, which I was, <laughs> it's probably my new favorite thing as, well, as of today. Well, it's a – so it's a – specifically, it's a background paper cutter. So yes. what's funny about – the reason I bring it up is mainly because, like, I think this is a thing in our industry, like – there's always a single tool to do, like, almost any stupid thing. Yeah. Like, I wonder what, like, some of the people who are listening, like, one of their, what their favorite, like, single-use tool is. But then you know? I opened it, and it didn't really cut very well, so I'm, like, kind of, <laughs> Maybe you know. it only can cut backgrounds. But then I cut the box for my, my newest favorite thing, because this was over in about five seconds. And I got the, the DMP... <laughs> Wireless connect module. You should, what what model number is that? I've been kind of tracking that one. It's pretty exciting. The model number? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> the new one. The new one. And uh, it's funny because I opened this with my box cutter, and it's just all... And now it's ruined and filled and with glue. Yeah, I'm like... Great job, great Jared. But, um, but yeah, this, I opened this, and Jason was like, oh, yeah, that will work. Because literally printing out of an iPad is like... Yeah, this the will work like ever. one time, and then like the second you give it to one of our team members, they get on site, they're gonna call you. Oh, Jared, uh, the wireless printing doesn't work. It's like when you like buy your data printer for Christmas. Yeah, and like, you essentially plug you plug this into the back of a, a printer from like ten years ago, and it will supposedly allegedly. air print. Allegedly, but you also have to charge this piece in addition to your <laughs> printer. So. I'm excited about that. And that's, that's like, oh, hey, this isn't turning. This is exactly how I predicted it. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, wedding, um, wedding photo booths are awesome. So definitely, very challenging. Easy it's not money. turnkey. Not uh, turnkey. But it is. It can be rewarding. Jay does does not want to continue it, but I'm holding strong. I do so. like money. So yeah. speaking of money, we got an awesome guest today um, who deals with money specifically. Um, so hey, Evan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Doing awesome. So, like I said, I saw your post in the Facebook group. Watch your video, um, which you should definitely go check. What? Tell everybody about your channel. 
So it's uh, called Camera Dad CPA, and mostly what we're going to cover there is just financial topics that really more so relate to the creative. So photographer, videographer, I'm honing into uh, those skill sets and just trying to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, creative knowledge as well as financial knowledge. So you're not just like, you're not just a one trick pony, Evan. You're not just some CPA. <laughs> you tell, tell everybody about your, your wedding um, creative business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we kind of started off in the family side, you know, very early on, uh, mostly doing family portraits, things like that. We quickly got into um, just over time, moved into the more video space. And that was uh, just in combination of me shooting for my wife who owns a, uh, a, a business as well that, you know, she was required to uh, create some content on that front. So just kind of uh, segued into that. And then at this point, um, now on the weekends, we predominantly shoot weddings, photo and video for most of them. So it's, it's quickly uh, spiraled out of control. Yes, as it does. This isn't like business advice, Jared, but it is like, I do f often feel like if you're just like pretty good at what you do and nice to people, you can like just, it seems like I hear that story all the time. Like, oh, we started shooting and now we can't control the volume. Like it does happen. Yeah. It, it, there's, I mean, not in every market, not, you're not always doing every, something wrong, but I've heard that story so many times is like people who just like, we should try this. And then suddenly they can't even right. keep up with the volume. Definitely a story for us. Yeah. Cause I picked up a camera to start shooting better, you know, pictures of the kids and all that. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're shooting weddings. So people will be like, how did you get here? And I'll be like, really have to think back because it happened so quickly. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I mean, how many planners have we seen go from a client of ours to like, hey, I really enjoyed planning my wedding. I'm just going to start planning other people's weddings. And they're just the nicest right. people in the world. And then all of a sudden they're like full time wedding planners. Lux yeah. Luxury I, market charging a that, lot of money. That industry man gets a hold on you. Yeah. It's just interesting like that. And for us, like, right. it, it was definitely the way, like, we started in 2010, Evan, and it was like, we were, we just essentially got into weddings because we were nerdy and wanted to buy, like, camera equipment. And we were like, well, yeah. maybe we can pay, maybe we can pay this off by doing, like, three or four weddings, and then we'll be able to go. That was to, our exit strategy. Yeah. Then we'll just be able to, you <laughs> we're know. We're going to do three or four and get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then we were we like. We probably would have been happy with. We would, if, like, if, yeah. if I would have yeah. just owned the cameras, I would have been happy. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like, well. Maybe we could make more actual money. Like maybe it wasn't even like we could 100%. make careers, but then it slowly became like now we're doing we, this. We were in the most pathetic business in the world for yeah. at least three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, really. so I will say like when we speak from experience and speak with confidence, we're really speaking from like, don't do what we did. <laughs> we're stupid. Right. So speaking of stupidity, um, the other thing that wedding um, creatives, wedding yeah. creatives, big idiots. No, um, actually, I think I think they're brilliant, actually, in a lot of ways, because they find a way to own their own business and, and control their so. own destiny. But one of the things we are not the best at oftentimes is finances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, when you get I started, get you kind of just go. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you want to make what you want to make and that's it. So and, and and when it comes to kind of the important things, it's like we don't really look to become good at it or look for help until it's like, right, I need this person or I need this thing. Like, so I, I think that's the benefit of your channel in my mind, Evan, is like, you know, creative. If you're at home and you're like, I really I'll get to that later. I'll get to my, you know, CPA business. I'll get to my, you know, lawyer at a later date. Um Sure. What, Not what, putting it off until you absolutely need to look for it and get this squared away. Why is don't we critical. really quick not assume everyone knows what a CPA is? Let, let's, sure. What is a CPA? Why don't you kind of define what that is? So a CPA is a certified public accountant. So basically, it's uh, it, that's the route that you can go when you study accounting. And then from there in school, you're basically taking um, a test at the, you know, once you've reached the right level of um, you know, credibility in terms of academic performance and things like that, you're essentially taking a test that's four parts. It also, there's a number of other requirements as well, but it's just, you can be an accountant and not be a CPA, but not all accountants are CPAs. Um, so it's just kind of a designation that's given to people that have passed that exam and, and are, are said to, you know, essentially know what they're talking about. Well, and so. are you legally required to like actually do a good job? <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. I mean, so if I were to to go and do a bad job, yeah, it can come back to to haunt me for sure. It's um, kind of similar to a lawyer, and then that they could get disbarred. Or a but I could also lose my license. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And um, you know, we'll, we'll get into some more of that as well. But um, yeah, you, you definitely there's a lot of requirements. Um, you know, personal liability as well as you know they can come after um, you know your license as well. I don't understand why more people don't just get a CPA. Like it's not that expensive. I, yeah, it, it's really not. And, and, and that's honestly sometimes my biggest advice because it depends on the route, you know, you're going with this. If you're, if you've got a business and in the beginning, it's, it's sometimes easy, sometimes not, but the worst thing you can do is let it run for five, 10 years. And then all of a sudden you've got this mess. So you know, in a lot of cases, I do feel like that's the right route, but you can definitely take kind of some steps in the meantime, um, you know, just to kind of uh, prepare you to, to talk to that CPA and all that stuff. And, you know, like you guys were mentioning before, you definitely get into this scenario where even I found myself in where I'm like, I'm going to do this as a hobby. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're taking on pretty big wedding clients and things like that. So I think that's just the natural progression of a good creative is that you go from zero to 100 really fast. All of a sudden, you're, you know, you might be shooting a family portrait and the next thing you know, you're shooting a, you know, $6,000 wedding or so. So yep. definitely you need the creatives, I think, in that space. Well, like adding sixty dollars to $100,000 of income to your, bit, to your like life is not a small thing. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you need to make sure that you're doing it the right way. So I think... A CPA is great. We we've we've had a CPA for many years. Um, different sure. some we definitely have escalated our usage. Now we're we honestly talk to our CPA two to three times a month now. Right. Um, they do everything for us on a monthly basis. Um, they help us with our payroll. They help us with our um, financial planning people. They don't do all the yeah. things. They just make sure they're like this is the person you should work for, and they work with mm-hmm. me, and they'll make sure that like. Your 401k is tracked properly and it's it's absolutely it's so much more than just do your taxes at the end of the year. The yep. more your business grows. Um, I literally don't think anyone running a business that's making over half a million dollars can do the finances. No, yeah. I, like yeah, I think you exactly. need to hundred percent agree. Because because when you're doing finances, this is just one of our things we'll always talk about on the show. Whatever you're doing, you're choosing not to do something else. Hundred percent. Yeah, you've got to sit there and evaluate. Because even for me, I mean, it, it can even come down from an editing perspective. We don't come across this a ton in you know the wedding space, but you know, let's say you're you're doing some fusion graphics or After Effects graphics, graphics. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I edit in DaVinci Resolve. So. Nice. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where you just got to sit back and do kind of analysis. Like, does it make sense for me to try to learn this and do this right now? Same thing. On well, the and CPA what's the side. risk? The risk with yeah. anything financial is very. Last year, I'll give a little story. The CPA tells me about these things, and sometimes I do them and sometimes I don't. And um, I went to my unemployment tax area for the state. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I was like, oh, I got to pay this $8,000 tax bill. Like, yeah. luckily, I mean, we, we just had the money aside, but like, I totally forgot about it. And for some people, like th- those kind of see- little things popping up in your business can really, really hurt you. Sure. Do that for five years in a row, and then you're really screwed. Yeah, you start talking like interest and penalties and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it can amount to uh, something very quickly. I mean, even within a year, I've got friends who, uh, not necessarily in the wedding space, but just in their own business, they kind of ran into the same scenario, ran into a lot of success at the end of the year, and all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, $20,000 uh, tax bill at the end of the year that you didn't expect. So. Yep. It can put it, but it's hard in the creative space too, because like, even for myself, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that you can buy, like cameras, lenses, all that. It's a lot of fun. So it's hard to focus on the financial aspects. I think we're unique in that industry and that, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can spend your money on in this industry. That's exciting, but it's hard to devote that time and, you know, the resources to uh, hire a CPA or something like that. So we kind of talked a little bit about your journey but why did you decide to kind of move? You've been a CPA for how long? Uh, so I've been a CPA now for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five years. And now. then you, how long have you been making wedding films? So we've been making wedding films for about the past year and a half. 
So, so that's an interesting yeah. kind of transition, right? It is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, like I was saying before, we just, um, I picked up a camera and I've always kind of fallen in love with it. You know, even from uh, when I was in college, I was always kind of that guy with a camera, always had a passion for it. And, and really, I would say the artist side came first. Um, you know, back in college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I just kind of fell into accounting. My mom was at the, at her CPA's office and I was undecided as a major. And, you know, I was like, well, I could always, I could always be a CPA and kind of do the fun stuff on the side. And that's where we're at now. Nice. If you're like me, you know that music can literally make or break a wedding film. And finding that perfect song can be a frustrating and time consuming process. You need a song that drives your story forward, leaves space for your audio and images to breathe, builds up over time, and is just playing good. No Fear Musicbed has your back. I've literally been using Musicbed since they started in like 2011 or something, and they have been my go-to music licensing site ever since. I've used the other sites that you see floating around, but time and time again, I find myself coming back to Musicbed for the incredible quality of music across the board, their sheer volume of their library, and their killer customer support. And to make it even better, they offer an incredibly cost-effective monthly membership with unlimited song licenses for your wedding films. If you aren't already using Musicbed, you are seriously doing yourself a disservice, but you don't have to take my word for how awesome this company is. You can grab a free month-long membership by following the link in our description. So head on over, sign up for a free month, explore their library, and use them for your next wedding film. You'll be glad you did. So one of the things we talk about a lot, um, and we'll just get right into this deep stuff. One of the things I talk to creatives about the most is just their business um, designation in terms of how they're like filing their taxes yeah. and how their business is set up. And people are always like, I'm a sole prop. I'm a sole prop. And I yeah. like my experience is always like, no, why is anyone a sole prop? No one should do that. You should at least set up an LLC. Am I correct in assuming that, that most wedding creatives in America, if you're out overseas, I guess I can't speak towards that, but in America should be setting right. their business up as an LLC. Yeah. So, so I agree with that from, you know, a couple of standpoints. Um, you know, the main thing is I'll just give you a couple of examples. I've now set up two LLCs, one for my wife and her business and one for my, uh, photography and videography business. The, the second one, because the, the system's even easier now, it took me 24 hours. I think it was $150. So for me, like if we're talking $150, that's essentially going to protect me from additional risk. It's a no-brainer. I can't imagine the rationalization of why you'd want to be a sole proprietor, especially when you're going out and, and shooting weddings. You, you never know what you're going to run into. Um, not to say that injuries common or anything like that, but just you're opening yourself up to a, a lot of, I think, unnecessary risks. And, you know, an LLC is essentially created for ease of setup. You know, if you were looking at a corporation or something like that, we're, we're talking about a whole other ball game. Yep. Um, but I personally can't think of a reason why um, somebody would not set up an LLC. I, I think probably because they don't know what it is, right, Jared? I know when we first started our company, yeah. we, okay. were, we were mm -hmm. like, we got, um, uh, what, what was it? Uh, the like legal zoom or legal something. zoom yeah we got legal <laughs> yeah. zoom right and it was like it's it's like a corporation in a box you get all this stuff and we were <laughs> like well i think the only reason we why we probably didn't start a sole prop was because we were like well we're two owners so i said what we couldn't be a sole no no I'll, I'll actually tell you the truth i was yeah. like i want a corporation yeah sounds <laughs> way cooler <laughs> i was like that's cool yeah and so I was like, it sounds good. Yeah. What's sounds the cool. right corporation? Yeah. S Corp. I'm going to do S Corp. Because it isn't, doesn't right. S stand for a special corp? It, special it's actually the IRS code um, okay. that designates an S corporation, which I think that's, that's people's biggest confusion about what an LLC is. So everybody says, I'm a sole proprietor. Yeah. Well, as an LLC, you can be a sole proprietor. So yes. we're looking at, um, you know, an LLC is flexible from multiple avenues. I think the biggest thing is, you know, people just get that confusion. You can be a sole proprietor and not an LLC. You can be an LLC and a sole proprietor at the same time. And you can be an LLC so, and an S-Corp. Yes. So you can essentially, the way it works is you're looking at it from two different perspectives. And this is probably, I think, most people's, you know, confusion when they go 
and they look at, you know, what should I create my company or how should I create and structure my company? So they're going to go to an article and then it's going to start talking about an LLC, a corporation, and it's going to mix talking about the legal structure as well as the tax structure. Hmm. What gets very confusing is an LLC is flexible on the tax side. So, you know, one thing, um, you know, that we talked about a little bit before we got on here, but um, as an LLC, yeah, you can elect to be a sole proprietor, a partnership, or an S corporation. So it's it's super flexible. Yeah. From, from what my understanding of, of you know, the whole um, corporation side is, it's really going to protect your personal assets, right? Like that's the main reason why you're going to want to move into the world of an LLC yeah. or a corporation. And I, I don't think people really understand that side of things is like, well, they only think about up, getting sued, right? Well, yeah, it, that's all that's they a think part about. Of it. But it's not to me. That's not the number one benefit because it's like you're probably not going to get sued. Yeah, uh, in the wedding world, it's not probably likely, not. but you could, yeah. I guess. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, likelihood probably is pretty low. That's why they probably make it unimportant, though. I think because they're like, I'm not going to get sued, yeah. and they're probably right. Yeah. So okay. one of the things that we've started doing, um, we read a book called Profit First. Yeah. And that's a big, really helped us a lot. A, because now awesome. we save money for things, which is good. <laughs> like <laughs> taxes. Right. Like, we don't really have unexpected bills anymore because we budget the bills, yeah. um, even the things that we don't know because we're using percentages. That's the thing. is like If you're trying to under, totally understand, oh, what are my taxes going to be? That's kind of tricky. So, um, but the other thing that we started doing because we are an S corp, you know, paying ourselves a salary, but also doing distributions instead of just, sure. and instead of just taking all the money we want to make in the company and putting it in our salaries, which means you have yeah. to pay payroll tax. You're able to do a large amount as a distribution, which is already taxed because you paid it through the corporation. So that, and if you're hearing what I'm saying, um, maybe you can make that simpler for people. But is that yeah. is that a structure that could work for more wedding creatives if they understood how to work it? I think so. Yeah. So just I'll kind of back up and explain where you're going with that. And so to start, you know, for a lot of people, let's say, you know, the sole proprietor that currently is not an LLC. So the way that works is when they go out and they shoot a wedding and they bring in money, that rolls directly into their personal income tax return. Same thing if you create an LLC and you elect to go the sole proprietor route. All the money that you're earning as a business is disregarded as an entity, and you are going to claim that on your, your own tax returns. So, you know, essentially, you know, for tax purposes, an LLC that's a sole proprietor, there is no separate business. You and the business are the same for tax purposes, not for a legal structure. So that that gets, I, I know that, you know, somebody that... Um, I've had friends that have asked me that question before, and it's super confusing when you read that because IRS doesn't even look at that as a business entity. Hmm. Now, let's say you go the route and you want to, you know, do what essentially you're talking about, where you create an LLC, and then from there you elect to be treated as an S corporation. So the situation we were mentioning before, all the money that you earn a, as a business is su subject to self-employment tax. Now, let's say you go the S corp election. Now you have the IRS does look at your company as a separate company. It'll have its own tax return and you essentially are an employee of the company. So then from there, you're making the decision to pay yourself a certain salary and that portion is going to be subject to self-employment tax, all the taxes. Well, right. Unless and you have multiple owners, in which case you just pay payroll tax. Yeah, you, you, that's exactly right. So payroll tax. So yeah, if you're the owner yourself, it looks different. But yeah, if you have actual uh, um, employees, then it, it looks differently on that front. Um, you know, and, and then from there, the distribution and excess of what you're paying yourself as a salary, that's where kind of the tax benefit, you know, boils down to. So you're able to pay yourself money that is considered a distribution and that is just essentially subject to less taxes. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I is there any reason why other people shouldn't or couldn't be doing this? Like what's the catch? The, so the, the catch there I would say is is complexity, but you know like we had mentioned before, you're more than likely when you get to this point and you're um at that level in your business, you're more than likely going to have a CPA anyways. But, you know, I will say the the only catch to that is, like I mentioned before, complexity. So you're now filing a separate tax return. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the, the biggest 
um, caveat there is going to be somebody that maybe does this as a part-time wedding filmmaker. I feel like there's a, a decent amount of people in that space. You're, the less money you're bringing in for your business, obviously, the less amount uh, of tax advantages and save, savings you're going to have, have there. So you're going to have to figure out, does it make sense to go through the complexity of that, hire a CPA or a financial advisor, and you know that's just something you're going to have to make the call on because one of the other aspects, you have a separate um, tax return for your company. Then you also have to file payroll tax returns, even if you're a single member LLC or a single member S Corp. Um, so at that point, you're now filing a separate tax return, payroll tax returns. And then, you know, the, the IRS kind of has a hot button in that regard. And that's what you're paying yourself as a salary because they're smart and they know that they know the trick. you're going to want to say, they know the trick. They know that you're going to want to say, oh, I make $10 an hour. I'm just, you know, clicking a button and all that stuff. Well, they're going to come in and they're going to say, ah, you're, you're doing some marketing. You know, you're um, also out shooting. You're a boss. You're running a business. You're probably making, let's say, 100 an hour. You know, they're going to try to push that up as, as much well, yeah, yeah. Uh, as and they possibly can. Here's the key with all finances. Don't be greedy. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, right. just be reasonable. <laughs> People will definitely right. push it. I, I think the wording technically is give yourself a reasonable, reasonable salary. salary. <laughs> so reasonable like, salary, which means it's funny when they say that because everybody believes they're reasonable, right? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> totally. you never meet somebody that's like, oh, I'm unreasonable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I think that, it, that's the tricky thing there. It comes down to like well, the way we do it, and, and I'm not a financial expert, yeah. but we haven't been audited or sued. So... Yeah. Um, we, yeah. Is we we pretty much go okay. We look up photographer. What is their average salary? Yeah. Which is what they're gonna do. Right. I mean, that's you set your salary, and it doesn't matter if I want it to be lower. Um, I'm not that's gonna right. do that because the, the government is at least smart enough to go and Google search average salary of photographer. So I think if they you're do. wondering right. what to do, um, I think this helps in a couple ways. In my opinion, I think a no matter what, paying yourself a salary. I, and this is just my opinion of running a business is like, that is how yeah. you should be doing it because how else are you supposed to know what your excess is? Like, right. how do you know sure. how much do you can invest? How many, do you know how much you can pay for your marketing, all these things. But of course, at the end of the day, how much can I pay myself in distributions and like right. just funny money that you're really like, that puts you over the top as profitability. Um, I've always heard basically you don't want it to get over one-to-one. Yeah, like pretty much like you if you're making like a hundred thousand and obviously it changes the more money you make like if you're running mm. a multi-million dollar corporation and you pay yourself a two hundred thousand dollar salary and do like half a million in distributions they're probably not going to sure. look at that because you're not making you're, you're paying yourself such a big salary but at the sure. lower levels yeah. for most of us in the wedding film industry you're going to pay yourself a pretty small to reasonable salary and if you want more security right. maybe you pay yourself a little more but, um, and they just know, like, uh, maybe a common scenario might be you pay yourself $50,000 salary, and at the end of the year, after you've paid for everything, you have 15, 20 grand profit, and that's after you've budgeted for your marketing next year and all the things you need that's to right. do. Yeah. Um, you pay yourself that 20 grand. Like, sure. that's a very common scenario. If you're wondering, how does that work itself out? Something like that is probably how I see it working for a lot of wedding creatives. Maybe you're pulling in 120 grand gross. And it, yeah, and it gets even simpler for, you know, you guys, I think, have multiple employees and things like that. I think for the vast majority of, of filmmakers out there, they're going to probably be the only employee of their company. I think, you know, that, that's yep. certainly going to vary. But then that at that point becomes very easy because you're not dividing that by your partners or, you know, owners of the company. And it's very clean cut and easy to see, especially if you have a separate business checking account or something like that. You're able to monitor what that cash is, as well as if you're budgeting, you can very much so see the ups and downs of that amount, which, you know, I think that's another just to kind of hit on that a little bit. Um, and, and to even allude to what we were talking about before with this, with LLCs and all of that, as well as just being able to separately manage your finances is keeping everything separate. So an LLC is only going to protect you if you keep everything separate. One so that, that's just kind that of a, a point there as well. Yep. So generally, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see wedding creatives make in this world? Yeah, and I think it boils down to kind of why I started my channel is because 
I think for the most part, creatives, they have a great understanding of, of what vision they have for their videos, their photos and all of that, but they don't run their company like a business. It's more so run like they're chasing, you know, whatever creative vision they have, but they're not thinking about this as a way to make profit, provide for their family. And, you know, if you, if you run it from the perspective of you're running a business, you are trying to generate a profit, that you can do both. You can create great wedding films, but you can also, you know, take the same measures that most other businesses take in budgeting, having a strategic objective um, as you move along. So that very much so puts you as a future-focused company instead of just chasing what the next gig is. I love that, future-focused company. That's a great way to say Yeah, that, that, that is great. Because <laughs> essentially, once you figure it out, you know, I think people think of it as like, oh, man, I have to do these numbers every single year. But like essentially, right. once you figure out a good structure, this is going to help you the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years in your business. That's so right. you just figure out the right structure. Maybe you make little adjustments over time, but people I don't think are willing are more focused on, okay, I need to do better color correction. And honestly, that isn't the thing that's going to make you more money long term. Like these are the things yeah. that are going to save you. Having more thousands, money will make you more money. <laughs> yeah, it's going to save right. you thousands it, it, of dollars every single year for the next 10 years. Compound that and it, you know, that's the thing about money is it compounds. Well, and I was going to say too with uh, you know, the biggest thing is that information is definitely power. So, you know, I think for yeah. me, it, one of the reasons we more so got into shooting weddings is because that's where the money is. And obviously you can see that in big numbers. But just from a pure profit perspective, I don't think people sit there and take the right amount of time to analyze how much time they're spending on various gigs, for example, before, you know, me personally, we were chasing down these smaller family gigs. I was running all over, you know, the, the city and everything. I was traveling there, shooting for an hour, and, and I was done. But when you really add up, you know, your travel time, um, you know, and you look at your time as an opportunity to make money elsewhere, that really starts to put in perspective, all right, what sort of gigs do I need to be chasing? So I think tracking this num you know, tracking this information from a couple levels, um, you know, even from tracking this from a financial perspective will also help you see that even just if you were to break this information out and then you sit there and look look back at how much time you spend on each of these gigs, that really puts into perspective what your most profitable areas are in your business too. Yep. Yeah, and well, and, and the good thing is, like, wedding filmmaking is actually very profitable. Yeah. Um, it can be very profitable. Um, and it most, I think most people, even people running their business poorly um, are yeah. running profitable businesses. They probably are, what I see is most of them buy too much gear. Um, yeah. So they're destroying <laughs> their profitability that way. And if they thought about it, like, profit that they could take home and actually... Right were paying themselves in the right way they probably wouldn't do that but i do think that's maybe a big thing i also think most people it's weird man if you don't think of your business as i always talk about my business say the business is the baby and i have to feed the baby mm. like yeah. your business is its own entity it needs its own food and businesses run that's off right. money right that's right and if you don't have any money for the baby the baby's not going to be happy you can so I think most well, people are living hand to mouth. And what happens when the baby becomes the beast? Like you know, yeah. like well, when I it grows up, when, it needs a babysitter. When when you first start, it's a baby. It can die at any given moment. But like once that thing becomes a beast, like you want to have chains on that thing, so it's not just like running free, running wild, and destroying your life. Yeah, well, it right. can turn to bite you. to think about, yeah. and yeah, I mean, you, you've got a lot to think about in that regard for sure. So it's um, and it you know, like we mentioned before, I think if you're doing you know, what you're doing well, it, it happens very quickly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, most of these creatives all of a sudden find themselves in these positions where, you know, they, they've got maybe a couple employees and they're shooting, you know, who knows how many weddings per year. So it, it just very quickly happens. I find that most people, they're wanting to run a very simple business. They want to make as much yeah. money yeah. as possible. That's great. And that little, they don't need all the stuff that we need as a business, but like little things like the little distributions trick, like, they could be taking home an extra 10 grand a year just right. in their pocket. Like if they were like, Oh, Oh, I'm going to shoot. Like, how do I make 10 more grand? Oh, I got to work two more weddings. No, you don't. You actually just yeah. need to structure your business properly. Well, I can't afford yeah. a CPA. Well, you could, if you had 10 grand more. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, kinda, all, 
this way of thinking, if you start saying right. like, I need to put some time and effort into this, you will find money. Like just, I think so. Yeah, you will find 100%. money. It's like the toothpaste theory. Like you pick up the toothpaste and you look and you're like, it's empty. And we all know, like most of us have been using an empty thing of toothpaste for the last three weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like if you just keep squeezing it, there's probably a little more in there. And I think like the yeah. effort is boring to people or intimidating to people. So maybe I was yeah. give some people some encouragement. Why should they start thinking about specifically the finances of their wedding creative business? I think so. I think the reason they should start looking at it from that perspective is you're going to start make, making better financial decisions just in general. You know, if you're looking at your business from a financial perspective, you're going to start making these better decisions and that you may even find that you get out of certain areas um, you more so focus on certain, um, let's say, demographics in terms of, or I should say, geography. So you're gonna, you may find that you focus on certain uh, geographical areas. You make, I think, overall as a business, if you make smarter decisions, that's gonna not only affect your company but also your work-life balance. And that's the biggest aspect. You know, you don't want to be that person that's shooting and editing for 80 hours a week just to keep up. You just overall need to run it like a business. Evan, I think that's such a good point, like, because I think it does translate. Like, I know when we started making better financial decisions, it was also when I started finding my regular routine, you know, just we're really talking about discipline, right? Like having discipline as a creative, um, as a business owner, um, knowing um, the steps to take to just run a more efficient business. It's going to translate into the creative side too. Like I, sure. I find, you know, there, there's a couple of different types of wedding creatives. There's the one who's going to do, um, you know, maybe they're doing this part-time and they're a CPA on the side. Uh, maybe it's somebody <laughs> who's doing it, um, you know, full-time and, and has found a way to start doing, you know, 30, 40 weddings a year and, and, you know, kind of do this full-time. I find the people that do it part-time are probably a little bit more disciplined than us that do it full-time because we're just like, sure. oh, yeah, we're doing more. Therefore, there's more money. Uh, but the guys who are doing it part-time, they're like, hey, I have a, a smaller pot. Maybe I have to be a little bit more disciplined. Or maybe I'm in the business world working you know, a full-time job, and then I'm also taking on this additional work. You have to be more disciplined because you only have a set amount of time to edit, to shoot, and do whatever that that's my personal experience is I found the people that are just have endless time, like have a full right. off season, you know, you become a little bit more complacent with your time. Right. And I so, think so. Yeah. I think people should be fit. Like what you said, work-life balance. I know what you mean. And I know what I mean, which is like, yeah. right. Um, not letting my work dominate me to the point where I'm not um, able to put things into the, right order of importance in my life. Um, I always say, I, I prefer to say work-life boundaries. Um, there you go. <laughs> but because life never feels in balance. But when I hear most people say work-life balance, I'm like, most creatives are out of balance with not working enough. <laughs> yeah. And so right. like they, they, they spend no time on their actual business. They don't do marketing. They don't have a CPA. They don't plan. They don't right. budget. It's like, you're telling me you want, and it's like, all that means to them is travel. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, much what it I means. Agree. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get paid this massively profitable career. Then I'm also going to buy really nice clothes and I want to travel. Work-life balance. Right. And it's like, oh, I mean, I think that's a great goal, by the way. Like, if you can make enough money, awesome. Like, I'm not criticizing anyone, but I'm, I will say... First things first, and until you can get your financial systems to work for you and not you working for them, that is what we're talking sure. about here. And that is a, that is a, there's effort that needs to go into that. There's time and work. So, so I was going to say, what is like with, with wedding creatives, photographers, videographers, um, What's like one of the biggest tips, maybe a couple tips you would give them into keeping more of their hard-earned cash? And of course, budgeting is one of them, but what's some, one of the tips you would give them? So in, in terms of the tips that I give them is, you know, have a more structured approach because I, I think overall we see the, the, the latest flashy camera lens, something like that. And we want to chase that down because that certainly in some aspects helps us uh, chase our creative vision. But I think having a more balanced and structured approach to that, to knowing what you're going to spend on camera gear 
And also taking, you know, one of the things for me recently that I kind of did an analysis on was a, a NAS or a network attached storage. So I was constantly running out of space. Man. Yeah. You yeah, and Jay so I finally would be got best one. Friends. <laughs> yeah. So in that, that's kind of an example of where you can take the, uh, you know, I was spending a lot of time copying files and, and time things is like money. That. You're losing hundred dollars yeah. an hour doing that fool. That's a hundred percent. So if you look at your time as money and I'm sitting here doing some administrative tasks, I'm backing up the multiple hard drives. I'm taking a hard drive over to a friend's house, something like that. That was a good example of where it was an easy decision for me. Cause you know, you just sit that sit down and you look at this investment and you see how much time is it going to save me? All right. Well, if I'm normally, let's say charging 50 to a hundred dollars per hour, and I'm saying that I'm spending say three hours per week backing up something. I mean, on average, let's say that saves me $150 per week in time. That's time that I can be editing. I can be, you know, serve my clients. Um, and, and that would just be an example of looking at areas in your business. And this doesn't just have to be from a financial perspective. You can look at your business from every hour that you spend working, look at what you are doing during that time frame, and figure out more efficient ways to run your business. And then, you can learn to do things like, you know, conduct a cost benefit analysis and see if it makes a, a smart, if it's a smart decision to, to move forward with. I cannot tell you, we could not run our business without a NAS. And it yeah. seems stupid when you think like, well, why do you care? What, like, why am I willing to drop $8,000 on my storage? Right. Because A, liability. So these are the two things I think everyone needs to be looking at is what will cost me money and what will save me money. And of course, what will make me money? I think those are the three things. It's like, if I lose my footage, how much money could I lose? Yeah. Half a million dollars, easily. So is it worth saving for three, four years, by the way, not one year, saving $2 million to spend eight? Of course it is. Anyone would do that. And so the other thing is, how long does this take? It can take eight hours of dumping footage. But I want three copies. Do I want a guy sitting there copying it three times? Do I want someone yeah. spending five days uploading? Do I want to keep a browser window open? So right. uploading something <laughs> to Google Drive? No. That it's just like, okay, it's, Google Drive. Yeah. Do you want infinite storage? You want to buy the Google Suite? Oh, I don't want to pay for five seats. You don't want to pay $25 to get infinite storage? You're that cheap? Well, and that's the thing. I, th- I think a lot of creatives aren't sitting there, you know, taking that analysis and they're not looking at it from a, a cost benefit perspective. So that's that's a great example because I shot a video and I was talking about, you know, implementing some, some software and things like that. And I got a lot of questions like, oh, you know, this is expensive, for example, QuickBooks or HoneyBook or something like that, just things to help you run your business. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> you know, if I were to not have these things at this point, for one, I would be pulling my hair out. And on top of that, the amount of time that it saves me per month, just automatically sending information to clients when I get an inquiry. Um, you know, I think in a lot of regards, people are thinking about just that that monthly bill, but they're not thinking about, let's compare it if I were to have somebody help me in my business. Let's say I started having to pay them payroll and you know, insurance and things like that. So I think these are ways that businesses, or I think these are ways that creatives can start thinking about their business and comparing two decisions. So, you know, let's say you get to the point where you're, you're just maxed out in terms of work. You do not want to spend that time either copying footage or responding um, to clients if it's, if, if there's something that you can automate in that regard to. So I think that's kind of another, another um, aspect of more effectively running your business is automating more steps and just taking a step back and seeing where you can put systems like that in. Yeah, even simply like QuickBooks Online, you can make rules. Yeah. Go in there. Yeah. If you have the same bills every month, make a rule. You don't even have like you can do your accounting once a year, pretty much. It's yeah. Like most businesses are simple. We're running through, I don't know, 200, 300 transactions a month or more. Yeah. Most businesses in the wedding creative space are maybe like making five to 10 transactions a month. Right. Oh, 100%. Get QuickBooks online. Pay for it. Like, just pay, just give people money to make your life easier (laughs) because first of all, the liability is on them if they screw it up and that's good for you. And and again, like all the same, I always talk about how can I mitigate risk? Yeah. Yeah. How can I mitigate risk? How do I save time? I am confident in my ability to make money if someone else is going to get in trouble and if I have the time to do it. And most people, sure. they 
if you're in the place where you're like, I don't know how to make money with my time, maybe a lot of these tips won't be as helpful for you. But when you're yeah. in the place where you're like, if I only had more time, right? you got to start inv- investing in your business, not just, I think, money, but that does matter. You do need to put money into it. And even if it's a small amount, just to cover your services and automations and things like that. But also putting discipline into your business, putting yeah. structure into your business so that, because that is really where when people feel overwhelmed, it's more like this. Seven o'clock hits. They've been doing video games or whatever they're doing for the day. They had yeah. a call. They did all this stuff. And then they go, oh, shoot. I have to do this. Oh, I need more work-life balance, though, so I shouldn't do my, <laughs> I shouldn't do my accounting. It's like, and then it's like they sleep till 10 the next day. It's like, yeah. get up in the morning and do your accounting. That's right. <laughs> and then at 5 o'clock, like Jared and I, pretty much at 5 o'clock, we go home. I don't. Uh, I usually, I like to start work around 10 and then work till 7. That's whatever. My, that's you go what home like. whenever but you're I, done with your work. But day. that's that's my discipline, right. you know. Yeah. And it can be whatever you want, but yeah. just make sure it's consistent. Yeah, have a discipline, have a pattern, it. whatever. Yeah. And when I think a lot of people kind of get in that position where, like you were talking about before, also maybe on the flip side where they just simply like they're working like crazy and they just don't have yeah. enough time. Well, people kind of become complacent in that area. They just sit there and they're they're constantly fighting to you know catch up. Yep. And I know this isn't necessarily 100% related to, to financial, you know, re, or this isn't 100% related to finances, but you you can take a step back and look at your business and say, like, what am I spending my time on? And I think yep. that's what a lot of accountants learn and understand, because you have to understand a lot about business, not just your taxes yep. and financial reports, but you need to understand how people are spending their time. Because let's say we were create we are creating a product, right? So we're spending time. It's not on a these product. Products. That's it's a- not a commodity. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're creating a, a so we're creating a wedding film. Oh, the and you know you <laughs> shouldn't say product. <laughs> I mean, we call it a product. So, I know that there's a hot button issue in our industry, but like, yeah, I've heard that before. Depersonalizing everything always helps me with finances. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because, you know, some of your smartest investors, they do not let their emotions run their decisions. You know, I I think there's a lot of people out there that will, um, you know, people in in cryptocurrency, what have you, you know, they they think that they know more than the average person, and they start making decisions based off of, you know, their uh, personal reflection of themselves. So, you know, I think that that applies to your business as well, just running it like a business and not letting your emotions drive your decisions. Evan, I, I want to ask you, because I think a lot of people in the last year um, have really been exposed due to coronavirus. Um, and that's the subject of, of savings. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what you think most wedding videographers um, should be doing in terms of savings, whether it should be three months or six months or a full year worth of savings? Should it be in a personal account? Should it be under their yep. business account? Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you kind of approach that. Yeah. So I'll just kind of talk through, like I said, how I approach it. So what I essentially do, you know, what we had talked about before is, is one of the things that we're trying to do is manage risks. So we created this LLC and we're trying to separate some risks. Well, one of the ways you do that is I personally pull as much money as I can out of that business. Now that I'm taking a couple of things into consideration, I'm taking, you know, you do have to have discipline. If you are pulling money out of your company, you have to understand that your company is going to have future expenses. Now, in most cases, your company is going to generate future revenue to match those expenses. But I think the biggest thing is all that money that is sitting in your company is potentially subject. I mean, that is your company's assets. And that's what's going to be subject to more liability because you let's say you go out and you do get in a scenario in which you are being sued. The money that's sitting in your company can potentially be subject to seizure. So, you know, with something like that, what I'm essentially doing is I'm managing my risk. I'm pulling as much money as I can out of my company, leaving enough for what I expect to be, um, you know, the, the, let's say the next three months of expenses. But for the most part, I'm pulling that back into my personal account. And then from there, I think it's just having an understanding of where your company's heading, what your personal expenses are, and saving as much as possible. I know you know people hear that a lot, but I think that means something different to everybody. But I'm personally making smart decisions with my money. I'm investing and letting my money work for me not me work from my money so yeah well the idea of like 
dead capital sitting there, yeah. under underutilized capital, um, is like if you have money sitting in a bank and it's just right. sitting in a terrible checking account doing nothing, right. um, it's not making you money. Like you could be making right. money with your capital and there should be a portion of your finances dedicated to making you money passively. Um, we over here just st have started a, a simple IRA for ourselves and all our yeah. employees, which is basically, you know, you put in 3% as a company, they put in up to, you know, as much as they want, but probably sure. around 3%. And then that has interest that compounds every year. Do you think more wedding filmmakers, I know that we, for a long time, I never considered like, oh, I could do a 401k for my wedding business, even right. if I'm working just by myself. I just yeah. never considered it. I don't know why. But because it's like, oh, I'm a I'm not a company. I'm not a real company. But why should more wedding filmmakers be considering actually doing retirement savings like this, especially when they're so profitable? Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree, because I think it's just the, the knowledge gap that's there because people, you know, I, I think for as a general I think generally people think of investing and things like that. That's reserved for the wealthy and the rich, but it's not in any way, because if you look at what you need when you retire, you need you need to, I mean, you, if you want to keep the, or if you want to maintain the same uh, lifestyle that you currently live, you essentially need that amount of money every year. One of the ways you're going to do that is just over the years by pulling out money and putting it into a, a 401k or investing it. So that money earns over time, as opposed to, let's say, you know, you've been doing this for uh, 40 years or so, and you get to the end of your career and all of a sudden you just have a, a big financial burden so that you can retire and stop working. You, you don't want to get into that scenario. You not only want to save, but you want that money to, to earn over, over the years. Well, and wedding filmmaking is very, very physically demanding. You can't do it for It is. Yeah. That's why I kind of smiled when I said 40 years. Cause I, I honestly, that that'd be tough. I mean, I, I think at that point you're more in a uh, manager perspective. <laughs> I always feel like here on the wedding film school show, we're kind of like, I don't know. No, I'm not trying to like toot our own horn, but I always feel like we're like the wedding film dads. <laughs> we're like, you should be saving more. Save your money, boys. But I, I saw a statistic the other day and I was like, man, that's horrifying. That's like, it, and it was like 65% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings in their, in their accounts or something crazy. Like, I don't know if that number is right, but um, I bet right. it's somewhere around there. Right. And so just like, that's, Finding a way to just like be sustainable, putting money aside, like we should be doing that, guys. Well, like, and that's I keep like telling, so obvious. We were telling our guys yesterday with the simple IRA because we're, you know, I'm trying to get our employees like, please put into this. We want to match your three percent. Right. Don't be like, don't hold your money back. And, and most of the people that work for us, and I think also most of the people that work in the wedding world, are like early 20s 22 like, year old people dude. yeah you know and we say like the statistic of like if you put like basically around 10 percent of your money away from 22 until you retire you will have a million dollars in savings by the time you're 65 100 if you are right. especially if you put it into like a high yield account like a, an ira or something and anyone can do yeah. this so if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year as a wedding creative and you're just like i'm gonna put 10 percent of this off the top and that's how i budget you have to budget savings you can't just go what if i have left money money left over there's no such thing as money left over oh well and that's the thing too and, and of course speak to your financial advisor on this just a, a little disclaimer but you know one of the things that you can do very early on in your career is that you can take on more risks so let's say you know i'm, I'm yeah, 25 i'm 25 years old all right well i need this money and let's say i want to retire when i'm 65 okay well I can let that kind of ride the wave of the ups and downs of the economy as we've seen, you know, in the last year, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that had investments were scared at one point, but now they're happy in general. Yeah. I mean, if you're buying, you're happy. So, <laughs> so, you know, if you ride the ups and downs of, and you just look, I guess as in general, um, you know, stock goes up and down, but overall it goes up. So, you know, if you have that long-term perspective in not only your company, but in investing, you're going to make better decisions mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're going to have a forward looking perspective instead of looking over the next one, five years. You know, I, I think it's good to have a short-term goal as well as a long-term goal, but the retirement stuff definitely falls into that long-term goal. 
And I, I think that, you know, not investing early on is probably the wor one of the worst decisions because you're going to get to a position where, let's say you've lost out on 20 years of investing and you, I mean, you can do it right now. You can go to, you know, you just type in um, retirement savings calculator. You plug that in and you see how much you're going to need for retirement. It's kind of scary, but I think it's a healthy fear and just understanding that you need to be pinching your pennies where possible. Well, it's one of the wedding filmmaking is one of the best industries to save for retirement because it's so profitable if you do it right. Yeah. And so you're right. able to put aside that money to, you know, you, you have your money to live on, which is your salary. You have your bonuses, which I think could be used for like buying houses or high risk yeah. investment. And then you have your savings and like right. very few businesses allow you to, run a business that's profitable enough to parse your money out like that. And so that's why we love wedding filmmaking and why we always encourage people like, Hey, this is a great industry to get into because you can actually make enough money, control your money. And, and actually mm -hmm. like, it's not going to demand as much out of you resources wise. It will demand a lot of time, right. but it doesn't demand right. as much financially. And so it allows you to, you know, if you're willing to put the time in, you can actually do a lot of really cool stuff. Yep. Well, because, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're putting in time as opposed to we're not creating a product, so we're not putting materials in. Time is the function of what we're creating. So, you know, that's why it's so profitable, um, depending on how you look at it. I mean, I, I do recommend that people look at their time as a cost yes. because, you know, like we were talking about before, every hour that I spend on one thing, I'm not doing something else. So, you know, looking at it from, you know, that perspective. We always talk about opportunity costs on the show. It's such a big thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so I actually covered that that last week. And um, I think that's, you know, something that's great for uh, wedding filmmakers to understand um, just because, you know, if you're doing and you're early on, it's one thing to take on opportunities for exposure. But as time goes on, every opportunity that you 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 take on, I mean, that's essentially time that you could be making money as well. So it's just, you know, you got to take that into your uh, strategic approach for, for running your business. So Evan, do you have any resources or maybe even like a good book that you would point people towards um, either reading or a piece of software that you would consider or recommend people downloading? Yeah. I mean, I think overall, just, you know, one of your biggest resources like you had mentioned before, the software that you're going to be using. So, you know, one thing that I've found is just QuickBooks in general, and you can replace that with whatever name of software you're Fresh using. Books, there's a lot ton. of them. Yeah, there, there's a ton of them. I'm not partial to any of them. That's just the one I've cho chosen. But overall, that's going to be one of your biggest resources when you're setting things up because, I mean, that is their their product, and their goal is to make it as easy as possible on you when you're – you know, putting your information in. So I think initially for a lot of people, it's just going to be having the foresight to set something up and a system in place. And in a lot of cases, those are going to guide you along the way. Even the, the tax software that you end up using, that's going to guide you along the way as well and point you in the right direction. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. And then, you know, if you get plugged in with a CPA or something like that, they're going to be able to point you in the right direction further on, you know, making decisions, getting to the right location. Definitely. What about you, Jay? Uh, Profit First is, it is not a book that I would say is a replacement for a CPA or anything like that. But what I do like about it is like, it gives you a very simple strategy that um, will help guide you. I do know that you, the one thing I'll say about Profit First is you need to make sure your CPA is on board with it and understands what you're doing. Because they do not like it when you start breaking your money into all these bank accounts. Like CPAs have a certain way and a lot of CPAs are stuck in their ways too. And so like, yeah, I agree you have to advocate for how you want to run your business. My opinion for wedding filmmaking, mm -hmm. it's a simple enough of a business that wedding, that, that doing something like profit first is very effective. Um, and, and just having that conversation with your CPA and saying, this is what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, they will, Either they'll say, no, I'm not going to do work with you, <laughs> which could happen. Or they're going to be like, okay, um, let me learn how to do this. But just keep in mind, probably you're the authority on that little section of your business. They're the authority on tax laws and all those things. Right. But like CPAs, just because they're a CPA doesn't mean that they know more than you about your business. And so yep. keep that in mind. 100%. Same thing with a lawyer yep. too, I would throw in. Um, yeah. 
That's right. You've got to find one that works for you. I mean, you, you know, like you said before, CPAs are going to have different personalities and you need to have one. And, and I'm not advocating for, you know, any specific CPAs or anything like that, but just overall, you need to find the right one that works for you and that understands, you know, maybe even the industry as a whole. Um, they're out there and I don't think all CPAs are going to be right for everybody. So it's just one of those things. Like when you're, you have to pick the right one. Yeah. Advocating for your own thing. Don't, you don't need to be like, I'm dumb. I don't know anything. I can't tell them what I want. No, if it feels wrong, you need to say it to the CPA and, and let them know. And they're not like, in my experience, that's how I've gotten ahead is I've been able to explain yeah. people and I get where I want. But what about you? Yeah, so the resource that I would probably point people to um, goes to the structuring of, of a person's business because I think that is a hard thing for a person to decide that really only you can decide. I mean, I, I know our lawyer is always like, you guys shouldn't be an S corporation because there's too much and you guys, like, there's too many things that he are He wants involved. to save me $1,000 or something, though. Who cares about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we, we, we would even disagree with our own lawyer about what we should be. But you need to be right. the person deciding these things. So educate yourself. The book that I would recommend is Start Your Own Corporation. Um, it's a part of the whole Rich Dad, Poor Dad kind of series written by Garrett Sutton. Um, that's he has a podcast, the, too, right? I believe Rich Dad... Poor Dad kind of has, uh, yeah, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad advisors have a podcast out there. Um, I haven't listened to it. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not advocating for that. Listen to it. Don't. We don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that was really the book that helped me decide and, and realize the potential of what our corporation could, could do. And yeah. so change it's, our perspective. It's, it's been great. And this is what I'll say. Nothing has made my business more fun to run than being more profitable. That's what I'll tell you. And like being more profitable because profit, it's not about being rich. It's about being safe. (laughs) Yeah. Profit means safety. Profit means security. And so for like, if you're a person who's dealing, most people I find they're like, I need work-life balance. What they're really feeling is the pressure. Mm -hmm. And, and I will say like getting disciplined in this area will relieve pressure. It'll make the, Oh, suddenly you won't be burnt out anymore. You'll have a good time again because you'll be thinking like, that person says no to you and you go, man, I got plenty of money coming in. And like all the things that come with having the safety and security of running a profitable business. Well, and that's the thing, like, you, you know, one of the things you were talking about profit, I think in general has just this negative connotation in general, but the thing is that's going to allow you to do this for the long haul. And that, you know, you see people that are charging, not what they should be charging for a wedding film. And I'm not talking about people in the beginning um, of, of shooting videos, I think that there are a lot of people in general out there as an industry that aren't charging what they need to. And you think about how hard they have to work to put food on the table, as opposed to if they were driving profit first, they would be able to create a more successful business and take more time to themselves and be more creative because they have that breathing room. Yep. It's, it's people don't realize like we're emotional. We're not robots. Yeah. And so, right. All these people that hate profit. <laughs> I just don't get their <laughs> communistic. <laughs> yeah. like, Honestly, uh, this is what I'll understood. say about you CPAs. Not you specifically, of course. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> but, <fine>. but CPAs <laughs> have gotten in such a lurch of trying to get rid of everyone's profit that they brainwash the whole world to think like you should get rid of all your profit. And it's like, it's ridiculous because like really, really, or people are like, oh, look at Amazon. They weren't profitable for like x amount of yeah they're being pumped with capital it's not the same thing guys yeah 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 looking at a lot of people say that but they're look they're not understanding that you know research and development goes into companies and all of that's kind of running through their company in the beginning that's a more long term that's another topic but you know they're doing a lot of things to set them up for for a long-term approach evan we certainly have to have you on again and uh and yeah and i'd love to i i'd love to hear um and and direct people towards your youtube channel and as well as your your wedding films maybe tell people where they can find you and learn a little bit more and dive into kind of very specific um topics so just to be clear i'm not you know selling my cpa services in any way but what I'm be doing in the future is posting more videos, bridging the gap between the financial space as well as the creative space, and just giving more information and resources through video content. 
Very cool. And I can tell you um, from my own personal experience or lack of experience finding people that are, you know, talking about the subjects and broaching the subjects you're talking about, uh, it's much needed. Um, so so thank you for what you're doing, man. I think uh, the channel is awesome. Absolutely. Um, guys, make sure that you are uh, giving this channel uh, a like as well, as well as heading over to Evan's channel, giving him a like. And, and a, a subscribe sub. and an alert bell and all the things. And, uh, yeah. Um, That's right. <laughs> we uh, it, go, it goes a long way. Um, we should certainly appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you are checking out other episodes, Wedding Film School. We're currently doing a series on why your business plan sucks. And uh, it's really interesting. Um, you know, if you've been watching, you know, the Wedding Film School show, um, we like to tackle the hard things as well. We like to talk about businesses as business structure, um, kind of the things that take a little bit more discipline. Um, so make sure you're checking out that whole series. It's pretty great, as well as all the guests that we have on the Wedding Film School show as well. Uh, make sure you're going over to Facebook and joining the discussion there, as well as checking out our weekly uh, film reviews. We are doing... Um, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you want to submit a film, make sure you're going to our website. Weddingfilm.school. Weddingfilm.school um, and uh, submitting your films there. Uh, guys, thank you for checking out this episode, and we will see you next week right here on the Wedding Film School Show.